Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the special Tuesday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad you're with me. Told you that I was going to make up for lost time from last week, and I'm doing just that today. So we had the national championship last night. Going to talk about that. Not so much the game itself because, uh, I mean, it was kind of a snoozer. I thought Ohio State was really going to have a chance to keep that game close, but I did not expect them to put a linebacker on Devontae Smith and coverage. So if I'd have known that that was going to be the case for Ohio State, then maybe I would have thought of things a little bit differently. And then when Trey Sermon went down, I mean, that was it. Ohio State had no shot. But the conference pride idea, I tweeted about it last night, got some mixed responses from Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans alike uh, when it comes to you know, should you have been happy that Alabama won last night? Is conference pride a thing that you should engage in? What does it mean for Ole Miss? We'll talk about that coming up as well. Ole Miss also got a graduate transfer wide receiver. Jacor Pearson is on his way to Oxford. So I'll tell you about him and how he fits into the offense, as well as what I promised you yesterday, looking at Matt Corral and how severely underrated he is already going into this season. So we'll get to all that, but first, I do want to remind you a handful of things. First, follow me on Twitter, at Michael Borky. Very creative I am with my Twitter name, at Michael Borky. Follow me there. Don't forget to also subscribe or like the podcast. So if you're on Apple, hit that subscribe button. It'll auto-populate to your phone every single time I upload an episode. Or if you're on Spotify, hit that like button. It'll be right there. And leave a rating and a review if that is something uh, that you want to do. I'd love and appreciate uh, hearing from you. Also, if you feel like it, a handful of you have done that in the past. Uh, if you got any feedback, I know this isn't a live show. I will be doing here shortly, whenever one more piece of equipment comes in, a, a live chat every morning, not on this podcast feed, but like on Periscope and Facebook Live and stuff like that. Um, so since this isn't live and I can't get immediate feedback, I would like to hear from you. If you've got any comments or anything, yeah, send me a direct message on Twitter. Uh, you can send me an email, uh, borky at supertalk.fm. Uh, either one, I I'd love to hear from you. So if you've got any thoughts or anything, uh, I am not um, against criticism. In fact, I'll receive it, I think, even though my wife probably disagrees, I will receive it. Uh, well, I appreciate any kind of feedback you're willing to give me. And also, the podcast is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. Go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you get one of their daily lunch specials or the best selection of meat in Mississippi. It's the best place in the state to get your meat, and it's right there in Ole Miss's backyard in Oxford. That's LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue. All right, Alabama wins. Yay. Woohoo! College football, so exciting. The average margin of victory in the championship game in the college football play or in the college football playoffs is like three touchdowns. It's been so exciting, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but the odds to win the national championship in 2021, uh, guess who they are? It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. 
gotta love it, right? Just college football. It's just the best. But let's talk about conference pride. Because the SEC Network did the thing that they do where they tweeted just SEC, SEC, like, you know, just a big one of those things. And I said on Twitter uh, last night, which prompted some uh, responses from some of you, it said, conference pride is silly and you should not participate in it. As a fan of an SEC school, you do not want Alabama to win tonight. Does it really make a difference? Probably not. But losing is better than winning. Go Bucks. So there's two schools of thought when it comes to something like this. Well, actually three. There was one that uh, I didn't think of last night. Somebody replied and said, anything to get Nick Saban to retire faster, roll tide. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess they were thinking that if he wins uh, another couple more of these, maybe he'll uh, hang it up early. But there's really two schools of thought when it comes to Conference Pride, Alabama, the national championship game. And one is... The concept of rising tides, no pun intended, lifting all boats. That if Alabama wins, it means every it looks good for everybody else. And then there's the other school of thought that's like, screw the SEC. I want them to lose every game they play because the SEC being good makes it more difficult for my team to get better. I am firmly, firmly on team number two. I think that while being in the SEC does help with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, for example, uh, in recruiting and things like that, it does elevate the profile somewhat. But Alabama winning last night only hurts. It doesn't do anything for Ole Miss. I had a Mississippi State fan reply to the tweet and say, well, Alabama winning tonight makes Mississippi State look better, so I want them to win. Well, how does that make Mississippi State look better? Alabama beat you 41 to nothing. I mean, you were just another team in their way. Losing 41 to nothing to the national champion doesn't make you look good. It just makes you look like a team that was in their way. Alabama disposed of you the same way that Clemson disposes of Boston College. It just You're just kind of in their way. You're not competitive. They don't worry about you. They don't think about you. It just... They're, you're in their way. You're just a name on the schedule. Alabama winning last night does nothing to help Mississippi State. It, it just doesn't. I don't know how this fan in particular can think that that is the case when you're not competitive with them right now. It's 41 to nothing. Nobody even thinks about that. But here's where, where I stand on this. Why I do that every year. There's an SEC team in the championship. I think you want them to always lose. Always I'm firmly on team two. Alabama winning helps you none. You winning helps you. It would be better, honestly, if the league took a huge step back. I mean, seriously, what what would you rather have? Would you rather have your team win nine games in what is not a great conference or struggle to win six games in the SEC, the best league in college football. Would you rather play Clemson's schedule or the current one you have? See, I think that answer is easy, and some people would push back on that. Well, part of Clemson's rise and their ability to 
build their program and win national championships and go to the playoffs every year. It's aided by the fact that they don't really have any challengers. It's easier for them than it is in Alabama. There's no LSU in the SEC. I mean, Alabama should have won the national championship last year, if not for LSU. Clemson doesn't have that in their path. It would be better, in my opinion, for Ole Miss if the SEC took a if Alabama and Florida and Georgia took a big step back, it would be better for Ole Miss to me. Because what's the ultimate goal? Is it to play in a conference that has other teams besides you win championships? Or play in a conference that gives you the best chance to win those championships? Because as long as Alabama's playing at this kind of a level, as long as they are winning national championships like this, you can't compete with them. If Nick Saban is at Alabama and the program's being run like this, Ole Miss cannot overcome that and win championships. They can't do it when Alabama's like this. You want them to take a step back. You want them to stop winning championships because it makes it easier for you to do just that. Alabama winning does not help you at all. The conference's profile is already so high, and I don't think it's going anywhere, even if Alabama and Georgia take a step back. The depth of the league is what makes it great, not Alabama. Alabama winning last night just makes it harder for you. Um, you'll never pass them. So, to me, if you want Ole Miss to go where you want it to go, which is winning national championships and, and competing at the highest level, the best thing for your program would be for LSU to continue on a downward trajectory, for Nick Saban to retire and have Alabama take a step back, and Georgia continuing to be good, good enough to make playoffs, but Kirby Smart coaching himself out of big games. That is what's best for Ole Miss. That's what helped Clemson get to where they are, is they didn't have to deal with Alabama and LSU and Auburn and Georgia and Florida and all these programs, and Texas A&M with all this money and all these resources, they're aided by the fact that their schedule is filled with Wake Forest and Duke and Virginia and Boston College and Syracuse. It helps them. I would much rather, maybe it's just, maybe it's just me, I would much rather have a conference that allows me to win double-digit games every year than play in the SEC where 8-4 and four is something that sends you to the Sugar Bowl and you celebrate. Maybe that's just me. I I want the path of least resistance to the championship. It serves you nothing, in my opinion, to have Auburn and Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida be great. It, ser it does not serve you at all. It'd be great if you took a big step back. Or not you. It would be great if the SEC took a, a big step back. It would really help Ole Miss, especially right now when everything seems to be kind of clicking. Where you've got the right coach and you've got the right leadership and you're acquiring talent and that's only going to get better now that vaccines are being distributed and maybe COVID won't be a storyline this summer for recruiting and stuff. I mean, now is the perfect time to want the SEC to go backwards because now you're in a position to elevate yourselves and actually compete with some of these guys. That's just me. And especially if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're chanting SEC, SEC, when 
the commissioner of the SEC allowed a player from a different school to testify against you and another player from another SEC school to be used in a violation against you. A conference that, while your campus did not wave the state flag anymore, for years, hadn't for years, was banned from hosting postseason events because something that is completely out of your hands. And a league that, you know, it's, this isn't even a tinfoil hat thing, protects its big money programs and you're not one of them. Why would you cheer for the success of the SEC that has done you so wrong over the last few years? I mean, they deserve a ton of credit for putting this football season on and making it work, and the SEC's leadership was excellent when it comes to COVID. But the SEC's leadership is also somebody that held something that you could not control over your head. Had a really nice press release, though, about how they can't stand for the flag of Mississippi, yet they hold the SEC championship in Georgia, and they've got that flag. I don't root for that league who has done that to you. I can't do it. And it doesn't help you any. So that's where I stand. I know a lot of people are are different on that, and that's okay. I, I always embrace that debate because I, I put it on Twitter every single year. Um, but Alabama winning last night doesn't help you at all. It only hurts. It doesn't help you one bit. At least not, uh, in my opinion, anyway. All right, Ole Miss got a graduate transfer wide receiver. Jacor, I'm hoping I'm saying his name correctly. I will learn it here eventually. Uh, Jacor Pearson, he's a slot receiver from Western Kentucky. And the, the big question, and we got asked yesterday on the radio show, was, well, is this guy going to come in and, you know, slip into Elijah Moore's role? You know, and that's going to be an off-season question. You'll see it at Media Days and anytime you watch SEC Now. What will Ole Miss do? Can Ole Miss replicate Elijah Moore's production? That'll be the question all off-season. And the answer is no. Jacor Pearson is not Elijah Moore. And that's okay. Will Ole Miss be able to replicate Elijah Moore? No, they won't. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not being able to do that. I mean, th- that was the same question after A.J. Brown, and here comes Elijah Moore, does different things, different body, different guy, but still equally productive. Just because Ole Miss doesn't have an Elijah Moore on their roster next year doesn't mean they won't have a a high-level passing attack. He's just a unique player. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. He's a high-level wide receiver, and it's not fair to expect Pearson to be Elijah Moore. Maybe he is. Maybe he slips right in that role and catches 200 yards of passes a game. Maybe he is that guy. But when you ask, will he be the next Elijah Moore? No. And that's okay. It's not fair to expect that from him because it's it's underselling how special Elijah Moore was this season. And he kind of looks like him. He plays like him. He's got the same stature and does the same things well. Maybe And it's just highlights. He doesn't look to be as fast as Elijah Moore. I could be wrong, but he doesn't appear to have that kind of speed. Uh, but he does the same things well. He's clearly a very good route runner. He, he catches the football. His best game in his Western Kentucky career, although it was a bad Arkansas team, was still against 
Arkansas. I had 120 yards receiving in their win over Arkansas. Um, he's 5'9", 180 pounds. I mean, he looks just like Elijah Moore. Uh, in 2019, he was first in all of college football in third down targets resulting in a first down. That's a heavy stat, but uh, that's important. That's why Elijah Moore was so valuable, was when you needed a play, that's who you went to. Western Kentucky, when they needed a play, they went to him, and it was successful 56% of the time, which led college football. He's a slot receiver, and he should fit into that role nicely. But if you're expecting that kind of production from him, I think that's um, I think that's putting too much expectation on him. In the same way that Michigan media did that uh, to Shea Patterson. I know that's not a very popular name around here, but when Shea Patterson transferred from Ole Miss to Michigan, uh, what was it, the Detroit Free Press had a column that said, with the addition of Shea Patterson, it's national championship or bust. And I, at the time, I even said how unfair that was. Putting those kind of expectations on one quarterback when you've still got other problems around your roster and he's young and inexperienced saying national championship or bust, it's not fair to the kid. And then he ended up busting and people had unrealistic expectations for Shea Patterson. Um I don't see many people doing this, but if you're one of those people that thinks that, you know, this guy's going to step right in and be Elijah Moore, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Uh, he's got two years of eligibility, which helps. It's not a graduate transfer. It's uh, he's got two seasons uh, left, but he does look, and it feels like he's, with all due respect, a poor man's Elijah Moore. Does not look fast, or as fast to me, but. Um, He's got a close relationship with uh, Devin Bush, the staff member at Ole Miss. So there's a a connection there. And I would trust Lane Kiffin's evaluation of wide receivers. If he is taking this kid, that means he thinks he can be productive. Um, So, yeah, nice pickup. I mean, that's how you're going to have to build rosters now. You can't just do it in recruiting. There's going to be a lot of quality players available in the portal. There's two Auburn defensive linemen that are available in the portal right now. I imagine that um, Big Cat Bryant in particular is going to be somebody that uh, is highly sought after um, across the country. But if I was Ole Miss, I would try. Absolutely, I would try. It's funny, I saw a, a Mississippi State blog say that he would be something to look at. I thought, you guys are insane. You're losing your entire defensive line. He would be the best player on your team day one, and it's, quote, something you should look at? Give me a break. You should do everything to try to get that guy, and Ole Miss, I think, should uh, as well. That's how you have to build rosters now. And so good on Ole Miss for identifying a need at wide receiver. Uh, They didn't have many to play in the bowl game. I know they brought a nice crop in uh, in the recruiting cycle. And that's great, but they need production now. And so here's a guy with a lot of Division One experience who can play the slot and looks really capable of being a quality receiver. I don't think, I was asked yesterday, I don't think this means anything about Plumlee and his position change. I haven't heard anything when it comes to that. You know, if he's decided to transfer or stick around, I don't know, honestly. I haven't heard anything when it comes to that. But like I said after the bowl game, if 
He wants to play professional football. It's at slot receiver. That's where he can play professional football. And there's no better offense to play slot receiver in than the one he's currently in. But that's a decision that will uh, be completely up to him. But a nice pickup uh, for Ole Miss uh, getting some immediate help at the wide receiver position. And last thing. So college football season is over. You've got odds, early top 25s. I'll look at some of those tomorrow because uh, Ole Miss is appearing in all of them, really. Uh, anywhere from 18 to 22, I've seen basically everybody's preseason top 25 features uh, Ole Miss, and that just goes to show what an incredible job Kiffin did in year one. The fact that considering what he took over, being preseason ranked in year two is incredible. Uh, so we'll talk about some of that tomorrow. But you're getting the preseason, the the futures for college football playoff appearances. And like I said earlier, um, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma are the top four. I think Georgia's five. So really exciting. Love college football. Uh, but also Heisman odds. And I'm kind of blown away by this. I know he had two games where he was a disaster, but Matt Corral being as low as he is considering the season he just had, where Ole Miss had a better offense in SEC play than LSU last year. Think about that. That's factually accurate. That's not a subjective opinion. That's not me projecting. On paper, Ole Miss's offense in 2020 was better in SEC play than LSU in 2019. And... Matt Corral's getting, I mean, you can call this what it is, flat out disrespected in the early Heisman odds. And by the way, if you want to put a small amount of cash down on a future, this would be a great sleeper pick because of the kind of odds that you're getting on this. So I'm looking at DraftKings. A lot of places have put odds out and they're all about the same. But the absolute disrespect that Matt Corral is getting in these early Heisman lists is pretty crazy to me considering that he's the only quarterback returning that's in the top 10 in efficiency and QBR and yards per completion and passing yards per game, everything. I mean, he's the only guy left uh, in the really in the top 10 in college football. I know Spencer Rattler comes back and uh, Clemson has uh, DJ Uyunglele or however the hell, but him being as low as he is is just mind-blowing. So here's the list. The aforementioned Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma – is plus 300. Bryce Young is the second player that appears in Heisman odds at plus 400. I don't know if you watched any of uh, Bryce Young play this year. And I know he's young. He's young. So I have to give him that. But he's small. He doesn't look like he has much arm strength. I am... uh, I know he's the quarterback at Alabama, so he's going to win a bunch of games and it doesn't matter. But after watching him in limited action this year, you tell me that guy's going to win the Heisman? I'm not buying it, but he's number two. DJ Uyangalile is at is number three on the list at plus 650. I would flip those two because Uyangalile looks way better in limited action than Bryce Young. Way better, but... One place for Alabama. Sam Howell from North Carolina, another really good returning quarterback at plus 800. Derek King, uh, who's a great athlete, not a good quarterback 
at plus 1,200. JT Daniels at plus 1,800. That is just because of the helmet he wears. Um, Matt Crowell is more talented than JT Daniels and will put up better numbers next year and a much better offense. Jaden Daniels uh, follows JT Daniels. So we have JT Daniels and uh, Jaden Daniels. And he is uh, at Arizona State uh, ahead of Matt Corral. Keaton Slovis at plus 2,000 uh, is sharing the spot with Jaden Daniels. Jack Miller the third at plus 2,500. Uh, Brees Hall at plus 3,300. Jace McClellan, Isaiah Spiller all at 3,300. Tank Bigsby at plus 4,000. Master Teague, who's not going to start for Ohio State next year at plus 4,000. Max Borgie is tied with Matt Corral at plus 5,000 with British Brooks and Malik Cunningham and Dylan Gabriel. That is where Matt Corral falls on the Heisman odds. He's behind Rattler, Young, Uia Galile, Howell, King, Daniels, the other Daniels, Slovis, Jack Miller. Um, and I, I have to Google this. Okay, so Jack Miller is going to be Ohio State's possible replacement for Justin Fields. I mean, I didn't even know his name. And I'm very familiar with Ohio State. So that's a shining example. Uh, Slovis corrals much better than, in my opinion. I mean, I mean, this isn't even close. Master Teague's not even going to start. The, the utter disrespect that is being put on Matt Corral going into the 2021 season is mind-blowing. And just prepare yourself for this. When SEC Media Days happens, and it's going to happen, Matt Corral will not be first-team preseason All-SEC at quarterback. In fact, I would not be surprised if he's not second-team either. I'm not saying I agree with that, by the way. I think that's insane. But when it comes to SEC media and who these people are, JT Daniels, I promise you, will be first-team preseason All-SEC at quarterback. I promise. It's going to happen. There's no reason for that to happen other than the G on his helmet and the Homer-ass media that show up to media days. Excuse my language. But that's how it is. That's how it's going to be. Because there's nothing when you watch them play that tells you that you would pick JT Daniels over Matt Corral to play quarterback for your school. Nothing at all. But he's got the G on his helmet. And you can call me crazy if you want. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people put Bryce Young ahead of him. You you might think I'm crazy. I know how these people and, and how their minds work, man. This is how it goes at a place like that. I will put Matt Corral first team all SEC. I know a lot of people that are going to do the same, but if they credential 2,000 media members from Georgia Bulldog Collar Bite Magazine.com and their crew of people all vote, JT Daniels is getting it. It's, it's going to be mind-blowing. Watch. That's my prediction right now. I hope I'm wrong because I should be wrong. JT Daniels will be first team all SEC. Watch. That's going to happen. Um, and it's just, it's kind of crazy that, that Lane Kiffin's gained all this attention for his fun and innovative offense and, and how successful it was. And I know Ole Miss on Twitter was playing up last night the whole 
You know, we played the national champion close thing, and I mean, Ole Miss was their closest regular season game. Ole Miss scored more points on Alabama than both of their playoff opponents combined. Um, so that there is something to be said for that. And yet, Matt Corral is getting this kind of disrespect going into this season behind Derek King. Uh, uh, and I hope he recovers from his injury fully. I, I, I'm not taking that into account. I just, if you had to pick one to play quarterback, is it Derek King? Because you saw what he did against North Carolina and Clemson, right? It's crazy to me. But for some reason, it's really because of the interceptions in those two games. But, I mean, to have the people they have in front of him and these odds just shows, one, that branding means everything. But, two, that he's got to go out and prove it again. Because this doesn't make any sense to me. But you can get Matt Corral right now at plus 5,000 in Heisman odds. I don't think he's going to win the trophy because I think Ole Miss is still a year away from being competitive at that kind of a level. But that's, um, you can drop 50 bucks on that. Be a nice futures ticket to have. The value there is special. But I'm kind of blown away at how disrespected he is. They got to go out and prove it. I guess that's really what it comes down to. I might run down to the sports book myself and uh, drop some money on that future. I'm sure you guys saw it already. Lane Giffen tweeted a picture of himself hanging out in a suite at the national championship game last night with a bunch of former Alabama players that he coached. And uh, there was a bottle of Hennessy in the picture. And uh, people loved that. I mean, <laughs> it's just perfect. I mean, honestly, I'd have been more surprised, though, if. There was not a bottle of Hennessy in Lane Kiffin's suite at the national championship game. I mean, seriously, I would have been more surprised. But uh, that was kind of funny to see that picture. Uh, He even said something like, they all agree that now it's time to come to the sip, but, you know, it's roll tide tonight or whatever. You know, just being fun online. Um, That guy, in just his use of Twitter... It's crazy how much good that does for your football program. I mean, just being goofy on Twitter, and he doesn't even tweet all that much, but just being goofy on Twitter with stuff like that, how much that elevates the brand of Ole Miss football. It's crazy. Um, But that was funny. That was funny to see last night. All right, I mentioned those top 25 rankings. We'll get to those on tomorrow's show. Like I said, five podcasts in five days. Uh, going to do that for you to make up for lost time. So we'll look at those uh, on tomorrow's show and then talk basketball uh, at some point also. So be looking forward to that. Don't forget again to follow me on Twitter, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.